This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. A little while ago, Rum gave you some ways in which to reach out to the program, folks. Here's a few other ways in case you want to check in what's going on here at Accessible Media Inc. You can like the Facebook page at Accessible Media Inc. All sorts of great stuff over there in which you can either interact or just observe and take in. That's the Accessible Media Inc. Facebook page. On Twitter, of course, at AMIAudio. If you want to see what's coming up segment to segment on our program, she's also available at All Rams, and I'm at AMI Kelly Mack. Just a few ways in which you can reach out to AMI or right over here to AMI-audio. And we remind you for our show, folks, the first repeat of the program is now at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And in the morning, second one, at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Ramya Muthan, Kelly McDonald, host of the show. And here we go with our Tech Talk to start off the week. Let's bring on Michael Babcock. It's time for Talking Tech with Michael, bringing you a shot of technology news to get your week going with sprinkles of assistive technology. Michael, we are going to start off where we uh, paused last week on 1Password because there's been some changes for you. So 1Password has been your favorite password management app for the longest time, as long as we can remember. Uh, but with 1Password 8, you've started to look at some alternative options. So what what was it? Was it the update that pushed you? It was. It okay. was. So I, I tried to, you guys know me by now, I like to try new technologies just to just to say I tried it and to get, to get along with it. And for the most part, I was able to get along with 1Password 8 when they announced it back in September of last year. And I was using it just fine. Uh, there were some frustrations, but I was, you know, getting aware around those frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, there was a lot of feedback from other blind individuals talking about how doing something wasn't accessible. For example, getting your password out of your password manager. I don't know, something you might want to do. Uh, so that that was problematic. And uh, I had never tried it on iOS because I have my iPhone set up to just autofill it. I, I hardly ever went into the application. Uh, then a listener of the show and a friend of mine, Jeff, made a comment to me and he said, hey, so how do you copy your password out of your, out of your 1Password? How do you get data out of there? And I said, uh... I don't. I just fill it in. Like, I I didn't even think about it. And he goes, well, you should go try 1Password 8. So I tried 1Password 8, and I was very disappointed. Hmm. Uh, I've been paying 1Password since 2017, uh, so not as long as some users, but I've been paying for access to it for a while. Uh, And when I I got access to 1Password in September of last year, on their beta, I said, oh, this is an Electron app. They'll, They'll get some of these fixed. For example, the fact that I can't copy my password on Windows, but I can still fill it in. Uh, I have to go edit the item, which causes a potential for errors because if I accidentally type a character while I'm editing it when I meant to just copy and paste my password, uh, that could cause issues. And so ultimately, it just became a struggle, and it wasn't ideal to deal with. And of course, there's other blind individuals out there who have experienced the same thing And the response from the company that produces 1Password has not been very positive. Mm. And I will say, uh, I I try to pay annually for software because I hate 
599, 799, 999, comes out my bank account every month. So uh, I am paid for one password through May of 2023. And if things don't change, I will not be renewing. It's interesting because I love how you work with something, you mess around with it enough. Like you say, some people, that they mess around till they break it. Like you find Mm -hmm. the things that, hey, this is not working. And it may be for the needs you have. It may be an overall uh, something wrong. So... What is an alternative tool that you might want to look at or we might want to that you're looking into? So uh, accessibility on Windows and iPhone are essential for me. I would love it to be accessible on the Mac and I would love it to be accessible on Android. But in order to work for my workflow, I need to be able to use it on iOS and Windows. Mm -hmm. So one of the tools that a lot of individuals have suggested is Bitwarden. Bitwarden comes in two models. You can pay, I think it's $10 a year, substantially cheaper than 1Password, just throwing that out there, uh, for two users, or you can get a higher price plan for a family of up to six users. Bitwarden also has the ability to host your own syncing service, so you don't have to worry about paying them if you want to handle the technology behind that. Uh, They are available on iOS, and the experience seems to be very pleasant on iOS. It also is an Electron app, but you can see your password data, and you can copy it and do what you need to with it. Windows is a similar experience. I haven't put any of my password data in there yet. I, I was going in and manually putting some data because uh, exporting your data from 1Password to Bitwarden for me seems to be a little bit more involved than I initially had thought, but I think I did something wrong. So, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. All right. But uh, <laughs> one thing that I did realize that is super nice about uh, Bitwarden is the fact that you can generate usernames. How many of us use uh, Kelly M or, or Michael mm-hmm. B as our usernames and don't think about having a unique username? Right. Which right. unfortunately, uh, is is something that could help you. Well, unfortunately, it's, it's not thought about, but it's something that can help you with providing a more secure experience across different services. Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely true. And even with the password side of it, you know, for, for those of us who are just using uh, the Apple system or ecosystem, we can you know, lean on the native, right, like the uh, keychain and things like that. Um, but if you're talking cross working between iPhone and Mm -hmm. Windows and everything else, you do have to explore. You might get to the point where you're like, I really want to explore um, because I'm not satisfied. So so for those who don't know, one other additional thing with the iCloud control panel on Windows, it has been a lot. It has. It's a lot more easier to use now than what it has been in the past, especially with JAWS. And uh, Apple does allow you to sync your iCloud passwords to Windows and use them in browsers in Windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Android is, is the gotcha for me and why I'm still looking at third-party services. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's good because then you keep us posted and somebody else learns. <laughs> so keep moving and we're going to talk about the latest top tech tidbit. So the poll results were released. What was the question that users were asked this time around and what did we learn? Yeah, so this was an opinion poll and they were asking as a screen reader users, when you encounter an image that has no informational value, such as a spacer or a decorational image, what would you personally prefer your screen reader to do? And I thought this was interesting because Mm. there was a total of 169 participants and um, 
Uh, 76 votes, so 45% of the uh, individuals who participated stated that they would like the alt attribute to be included in the image. And an example of this would be an alt tag that says decoration. Uh, oh. And the second most popular was no alt attribute with 51 votes or 30% of the clicks. Oh. Uh, and then include the attribute, uh, but leave the alt text blank. So you know there's an image, but you don't hear any details about that image. Uh, gave us 25% of the votes as well. Interesting. And, and that, that was interesting to me yeah. because... I personally would prefer no alt tag. That way I don't even know the images there unless it's providing value to me personally. Uh, but I could see why it would be helpful for others to have the yes. details about the image itself. Sure. So question, sure. follow up. If you mm -hmm. don't hear anything at all, when you navigate, you know, element by element, are you still hearing the blank element? You would probably, with most of the screen readers now, hear image or graphic, right, exactly. but not necessarily know that it's there, unless it's a background image. And mm. and a lot of times, we as blind users, they do some web development, don't even know that there's a background know. image right. behind the text. Yep. I, I wonder if this is, especially people who, in more cases than not, just find that busy stuff that, that adds nothing mm -hmm. to, like you said, Michael, unless I actually needed to know that. But in, you don't necessarily know you need to know that. And then people who have been able to see enough or can say, well, no, that's vital to me. I think that's a really interesting poll. It is. It is. And and uh, just a reminder to listeners, if you get the top tech tidbits, you know, uh, the, these polls just give more data for people to use and, and help with a better experience. So if you have the time, click the link. It doesn't take about 30 seconds to uh, share your opinion. With the release of the new iPhones, a newer term is being thrown around. What is ESIN? Am I saying it ESIN? And how would I know, Michael, if it's supported by uh, by my phone carrier? Sorry, you were saying it. Is, how do you say it? Yep. E-SIM, S-I-M. So right. e uh, it stands for Electronic Subscriber Identification Module. And uh, the SIM card, we may all be familiar with this, mm -hmm. is that little tiny card in some phones, slightly bigger in others, that you use to authenticate the fact that you are paying your carrier and you have the ability to make phone calls with your network. So SIM technology has been around for decades now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there hasn't been much change to the technology because it just typically works. You pop the SIM card out of one phone, put it into a new phone, you're able to switch back and forth, and uh, you're able to use your phone. Right. But with eSIM, uh, Apple took on the 14 line of phones in the United States the SIM slot out of the phone because they say most users would prefer to use eSIM. And in the U.S., the three major carriers are supported. In Canada, it looks like supported uh, carriers for eSIM is Bell, Virgin, Lucky Mobile, Rogers, Fido, uh, Telus, and Kudo, I think is how you pronounce mm -hmm. this other one. And so they all support eSIM, and eSIM allows you the ability to quickly switch your number over to a different phone if you're using a phone that's an iPhone XS or greater, or a Pixel 3a and greater, and uh, it allows you to switch your number over there, and great for people who are traveling if eSIM is supported in the country you're traveling to, because then you don't have to go buy a SIM. Or my favorite fact is, if I decided, like we did earlier this summer, to switch from 
uh, T-Mobile to Verizon to AT&T, uh, you can make that quick switch real fast <laughs> with just doing eSIMs and not have to worry about going to the store waiting for a SIM card in the mail. Nice. Wow, very good. Um, is there like a note for people who are switching to eSIM or who have no idea how it works? Like, is it just an easy, you know, mm. plug in a number? So that's the problem with eSIM. With a SIM card, they mail you a SIM card and you put in whatever size fits into the slot and you're good to go. With eSIM, there isn't really a standardized way of being able to get the SIM card on your phone. I've seen it where you go into the settings and you sign into your mobile phone provider and then you download your SIM card right there. I've seen you've had to download a special app to get your SIM card or scan a QR code or go to a web page. So it's kind of a mess right now. Hopefully with Apple releasing the iPhone 14 with only eSIM support, this will be a little bit cleaner in the future. But yeah, uh, there, there is no standards mm. to it. And other one is, especially with your mobile virtual network operators or your smaller carriers, um, seeing if those carriers offer support for eSIM, which is going to be very important for people on the iPhone 14, because they're going to be required, at least again in the U.S., to go with a carrier that does support eSIM and doesn't just send you a SIM card. Right. Michael, we got just a couple, like a minute or so left. A new survey is asking people what websites are doing accessibility the right way and what ones are doing it wrong. So how can people fill this survey out? Yeah, they can go to welcomeally.com, and it's a really simple process. Just fill out the survey, and uh, the information will be used in order to help uh, website manufacturers know how important accessibility is to the end user. And again, it's welcomeally.com. Amazing, and we'll continue to chat about Welcome Ally because I think that's a really brilliant idea uh, and website. Talk to you soon. You guys have a great show. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Michael Babcock joining us on Mondays for our Tech Talk. You know, it's always amazing what things are being developed, Kels, that you just might have no idea about because you're not even thinking that far ahead or that deep into your technology like the eSIMs, right? Yeah, yeah. well, with the eSIM, fascinating. And again, I get think when Michael was running down the list in the States and here of companies, you start thinking, oh, well, of course, this company's connected to this company, to mm-hmm. that company. So you start thinking, wow, how broad that is. That's probably a really good thing. But there are still a lot of companies smaller that are on the side that we may not be thinking about. And someone says, oh, I want to jump to that company. And it may get prohibitive to them. But I guess you start really thinking about what your needs are, what you want. But as Michael said, it's kind of a bit of a mess right now. So uh, interesting to watch how this goes. We'll step aside for a moment, folks. Coming up next, Brock Richardson of the Neutral Zone brings us our weekly sports update right here on Kelly and Company. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.